0: That's one of my favorite commercials. It is so hilarious, but it's so true. In life, sometimes we get stuck. We're in a series called Transformed. We want to help you guys get unstuck. We're talking about each week, we're talking about a different major area in our life that we can, we can grow in, we can be healthier in. Today, we're going to talk about mental health. Transformed is all about, about how, letting God help us be healthier and to transform our life. And so the first week we talked about, it was the introduction, we talked about setting goals. That healthy people set goals. And the difference between a goal and a dream is you put a deadline on it. We said that. So whenever you want to accomplish something, make sure you put a deadline. Otherwise, it's just a nice dream, a nice idea. Until you put a deadline, it doesn't become a goal. And healthy people have goals because they're trying to go somewhere in life. And that's what makes them healthy. They're trying to accomplish something. So that was the first week. And you can catch up on these if you missed them on, on iTunes or on our webpage. Uh, the second week we talked about spiritual health. And essentially we said if you want to be healthy spiritually you have to be aware of where you stand in your relationship with God. Healthy people that are a health, spiritual healthy relationship because this is this is why Jesus sent this is why God sent Jesus. I don't believe he sent Jesus to make another religion. That was not the point, but to help establish a relationship that we can have with God our father. And he wanted to model and show us what that relationship looks like. So if you want to know how to have a relationship with God, you look at his son, Jesus, and you see how they had a relationship, and then we have that. And so it's all about being aware. Healthy people are aware. They're self-aware where they stand in the continuum between being healthy and not being healthy, okay? They, they know where they stand in their relationship with God and not with God. We talked about the prodigal son. Great message. Last week, Robert did a great job talking about physical health, and everybody thought he was going to tell you to go run all week, right? And he didn't. He said, hey, there's this other part of health that's called stress, and it's really important that you figure this out because this takes out more people than all the other, other things. A lot of, a lot of people you know, struggle with stress, and it, it helps us not be healthy. And so he talked about that, Psalms 23, great message. If you missed that, make sure you go and hear it because it'll help you begin to figure out how to have peace in life when you're stressed out, when you're going through challenges and difficulties. And so that was the last two weeks, and today we're going to talk about mental health. See, people... They're healthy mentally. Uh, they don't let their thoughts control them. They control their thoughts. So, so it's essentially figuring out how to make your mind mind, you, not let your mind dictate and control. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. What does it mean to have mental health and to be healthy that way? And this is huge. This message is really, really important. In fact, the, the whole series is built around this scripture in Romans that says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what he's saying is you have to have this, this a new thought process. If you're going to be the kind of people God has wanted us to, if, if we're going to be the kind of people God has wanted us to be, we have to let God transform the way we think. And in that, in that in, in thoughts are so powerful. They're, they're really, really powerful. And so today we're talking about how to, how to do that if we can um, manage, learn to manage our mind. In our thoughts. And so I'm, I'm going to tell you how, how important thoughts are. Maybe some of you at a young age were told something like uh, you're not good looking. Maybe you're ugly or you're, you're fat or you're um, you're not smart um, or you're never be a good athlete. You're not whatever. Whatever somebody has told you, sometimes what happens is we catch those things that are said to us and we begin to believe them like if they're truth. They might not be truth. But be, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. What we believe is going to control and, and impact the choices we make. So when somebody says something, whether it's true or not, if we let the, our thought take – if we take captive that thought that they've said and we hold on to it and we begin to believe it, it will begin to make um, an impact into our relationships with others. And it will eventually – it will control our lives. And so thoughts are really, really important. So sometimes we don't really think about it. Well, it's just a thought. No, it's, it's really important to pay attention to what we think and, and what we're thinking about and why we're thinking about those things. If we want to be healthy, we can't let our thoughts control us. We have to learn how to control our thoughts. And that's what this scripture, Romans, and this whole series really about, saying how can we be transformed into the kind of person God wants us to be? How can we be healthy in all these different areas? Well, today we're talking about how we can begin to uh, pay attention to what we're thinking. So there's a while back, I kind of got in this funk. All right? It was about five years ago. My family got in um, a few car accidents, and, and we had to pay some deductibles. And our, our finances—it was, was going crazy. I I, got, I fell off a two-story roof, uh, which I will—I'll uh, tell you about another. I think next year's Leap Day, and I will—we'll celebrate Leap Day, and I'll tell you why. I fell off to a two-story roof, racked up some some hospital bills, got in these car accidents, and all this stuff just started happening to us. And, and I kind of got into this funk. I began to think um, unhealthy thoughts. I began to think um, that I was uh, not a good provider, not a good husband, not a good father. Um, I began to let these thoughts creep into my mind where they begin to, they actually de- 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 made me uh, freeze up and I could not, I could not um, function the way I was supposed to because of these things I was thinking. Um, and I had this encounter where I, I, I talked to this uh, very mature lady and she said, um, she was talking me about, about thoughts and how important it was. And, and she said something that just broke through everything I was thinking. And, um, and I believe God used her to speak into my life to say, hey, these thoughts you're thinking are not healthy. If you don't change these thoughts, you're going to end up in a bad place. Um, and, and I began to pay attention to what I was thinking and why I was thinking of. And we had a conversation. Uh, our house, we were, we were that group that you know, bought our house in 2006 when the market was the highest. Um, and then it you know, crashed, so we were underwater in our house, all this stuff. And um, we're that group that the bank lent too much money to and figured out all these loopholes to get us more and you know, talked to us in all that. We're that group. And so in the middle of all this, we're trying to figure out how can we do all these things and we're not in a good position financially. All this pressure is coming on. And my thoughts were not very healthy at that moment. And um, there's a good reason. There was a reason not to be he- not to think those things, but it still wasn't healthy. Um, and and we, we had this place where we were even thinking, do we just let the house go? Like, this is not healthy. We're, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really hurt us. And my wife and I had this conversation. And we said, all right, so what's the worst that could happen? So said, we lose our house? And then what? I don't know. We move in with some family yeah, that's true, that's not too bad, right? kind of hurts the pride, like, man, I wouldn't want to do that. But I kind of came, my like the like, I'm making this big deal out of this, bigger than it really is, where the truth is, if the worst thing happened, man, I still have my family, I still have my kids, it's really not that big of a deal. We can move on and we can build our credit back up and we, we did it before, we could do it again. We could figure it all out. And my thoughts begin to change from this really negative of woe is me and I'm a victim and this is so horrible because a victim mentality will keep you um, always in, 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 in the defensive and always thinking that you're, you're alone in what, what you're going through. And our thoughts, they're really important. And so things that we've been told, that we've been thinking, they, they control our lives more than we realize sometimes. Because here's, here's, the, here's the idea. Uh, if you don't think it, you're not going to do it. If there's not a thought about whatever it is that you're going to be doing, you'll never do it. And this is good and bad, because if you have a good thought, you're going to do good things. But if you have a bad thought, you're going to do Bad things. And so what, what, what are we going to do with this? So let's, let's go through this. Uh, today I want to kind of talk about um, why it's important to manage our mind and manage our thought life. All right, why is it so important? Because here's the thing. In, in my situation that we're in, I think God was more concerned with, with helping me get the, learn the lessons that I was supposed to learn in my negative situation rather than getting me out of the situation. See, God is more worried about what we're going to get out of the situation than getting us out of the situation. Because we always say, God, would you help me get, us out, get me out of this situation? It's not good. It's not fun. Well, if he just comes in like a, you know, a dad that spoils his kid and just says, all right, I'm going to make everything good for you and take us away, we'll never learn the lesson we're supposed to learn. I think it's really important I learned the lesson I shouldn't borrow more money than I, than I, than, than I should borrow. <laughs> right? That's an important lesson for our whole country that we're still going through. If somebody came in and rescued me, what's to say the next time I'm going to say, I'm going to borrow more. I'm going to get the most I can. And we didn't use, we weren't unwise in the process. Just things happen, and and I understand that, but in the middle of it, still the thoughts were were hurting. And so God, he's more concerned with changing your mind than changing your circumstance. He's more concerned with you changing your mind than changing your circumstance. Why? Because even when you're in, like Robert talked about last week, going through hell, all right, he does not want you to stay there. He wants you to keep moving. But if if you don't change your mind, you will camp out and you'll stay in that, that funk and you'll stay in that bad place, but if you can change your mind, you begin to see, wow, maybe there's a purpose and there's a reason I'm going through this. And maybe even in the worst of situations, I can use this to bring about good in, in my life and in the world. And that's changing our thought, thoughts about things that we go through. So why is it important to manage my mind? One, because, my thought, because thoughts control my life. All right, In Proverbs, it says, uh, 4.23, the, the Proverbs said, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Shaped. That's an important word. Every action starts with thought. Be careful what you think because your life is shaped by it. Another reason it's important to manage our mind is because my mind is a battleground for sin. It's where temptation happens. This is where every sin starts. Every bad choice you've made, it starts in your mind. And you think about it, you ponder it, eventually it leads to negative choices that we make in in actions. It's it's where uh, every sin starts. It's where pride and lust and hatred and fear and resentment and anger and envy and worry, it's where they all start. It's a battle. So there's this battle for, and this is what I believe as a pastor, there's a battle for your life, all right? It's going on all the time. Part of it is we have an enemy. Part of it is we just have this nature inside of us that just wants pleasure and wants to fulfill our flesh and our our desires. And then we have this also part we'll talk about is is the world value system that is all around us all the time. And those things are always trying to cultivate as a battleground going on for our lives and for our soul. But it starts in our mind. So, in Romans, Paul's talking about how there's, there's a war in his mind. And he says, uh, and it wins the fight and it makes me a slave to sin. And it says, in my mind, I want to be God's servant, but instead I find myself enslaved. What is he saying? In my mind, there's a battle going on. Sometimes when you have a lot of thoughts, you wonder why you're so tired. Because there's a lot going on that, that is behind the scenes that's going on in our mind. It's so important because it's, one of our, it's our greatest asset is our mind because it, it's going to control and, and, and impact our life in a great way. In a positive way or a negative way, so the battle's in our mind. Whatever gets our attention will get us. So marketers, you know, they're they're saying um, what you should have, why you should have it. If you buy this car, you're gonna have this kind of lifestyle. If you wear these clothes, you're gonna be able to attract these kind of people. So I, there's a pastor who worked for, for a marketing company that that uh, worked uh, that did Porsche and some of these really cars, and he says, "You know what my job was as a marketer?" He says, my job was to go into your mind, hijack it, and tell you things about why you should have a Porsche. And he said, through marketing, we could do this. And he talks about the, the psychology of it. It's crazy. And he says, that was, the, that was their goal. When you watch a commercial, they're trying to get in your mind, to hijack your mind, to begin to think thoughts. that maybe you wouldn't even normally think. What gets your attention will get you. So you have to guard what gets your attention, guard what you're giving. And that's what marketing is all about. Saying, hey, if you're thinking about it, you might... Buy the product. If you can think about it enough, you can buy the product. And the third thing why it's important to manage our mind is because it's the key to peace and happiness. How many want peace and happiness in your life? Anybody? Yeah, I do too. This is one of the keys to your happiness. Because you can go and you can, you can read stories about people who went through really bad things in life. And at the end of their life, they were happy and they were peaceful. Well, you would look and say, that person should not be happy and that person should not be peaceful. They went through too much horrible things. And yet, they're peaceful and happy. We see Nelson Mandela passed away recently. Man, he went through a lot. But he brought about some great change in South, South Africa. And at the end, he was peaceful and he was happy. Look at his life. I don't think you should be peaceful happy in his situations. But his mind, he focused on the right thing, not the negative things. So an unmanaged mind, it leads to tension. But a managed mind leads to tranquility. An unmanaged mind is going to lead to pressure. But a managed mind is going to lead to Peace. If you can't manage your mind, you're going to have conflict and chaos. But if you learn to manage your mind, you're going to have confidence and strength. I don't know about you, but I want to be able to manage my mind to have these positive things in life. See, in Romans 8, 6, Paul says, If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. So if you're new to church, all right, there's this... this what we think that as God writes His, his Word, his, the Bible, and He gives us these teachings... All right, he's saying that there's this battle going on, and we have this enemy, and he, and he talks about this, this idea of a sinful nature. What it is is when we um, when we're born, we 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 have this flesh that wants to be pleased and wants to be fed, and it, it's our it's our nature, it's our human nature, our in other words, we say our sinful nature what we just want pleasure, we want to satisfy every desire that we have, and he says if you give into that, it's going to lead to death in your relationships. Sometimes in your, in your physical health, sometimes just in your life, death. And what is death? It's not living. So there's people who walk through life all the time and they're really not alive because they've given in to these desires, into their sinful nature, and it produces death. But he says, but if you learn to manage your mind and even allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, he's going to produce life and peace in your mind. All right? So today, this is what I want to talk about. There's three choices we can make for, for a healthy mind, for learning to manage our mind. It's in your notes if you want to follow along. all right. Jesus said the truth will set you free. The first point is this. all right. I must feed my mind with truth. So we're going to talk about how we must feed our mind with truth. We must free our mind and we must focus our mind. So we must feed our mind with truth. The truth will set you free. I believe one of the most important thoughts that you'll have in life is what you think about God. If you think God is a loving God and a good God, you're going to operate out of life, out of this, okay, there's a plan for my life. But if you think God is a horrible God and and, and a God that's disconnected and doesn't care about us, you're going to operate out of, well, he doesn't really care anyways. And what we think about things is really important, more than sometimes we realize. So we need to learn how to manage our mind with truth. And where we have to start is we have to begin to say, so what I believe is is God gave us his Bible. It's it's, it's a beautiful book. This book is amazing. Um, I put mine down right here. This book is full of all these stories and all of these Proverbs and these, these really wise people saying, hey, this is what life's about. You should do these things. In fact, there's 7,000 promises in the Bible, 7,000, that you can hold on to. So I believe that God, his word is true, which means it's going to stand throughout all the ages. It doesn't, it, you can't change things. It's, it's there. It's strong. It's secure. It's something you can hold on to. His word is truth. And he's saying, you must feed your mind with truth. There's this group that meets in, uh, in Oxford, um, and, and these, these professors meet almost every morning, early in the morning, and they get all this data from all around the world of what happened over the, the last 24 hours. And they begin to sift through this data and say, what does this mean? All right, so the prices in China, the crops, they, they foul. How is this going to impact this country and this stuff? And they begin to talk about all these impacts, and they begin to figure out who is the smartest person in the world to be able to contact about this. And they send an email, they make phone calls, and they try to gather the data because this is what they believe. That the best leaders make the best decisions based on the best info. The best leaders make the best decisions if they have the best info. And that's what their whole their whole group's about. This Oxford Analytica. And they, they go through all this information and they try to make these decisions. The same is true for our lives. You will make the best decisions of your life if you have the correct data. All right? If you don't have the correct information, if you're, what you're believing is not the truth, You're not going to make a healthy decision. You're going to make an unhealthy decision. So in Matthew, he says that Jesus said people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. Essentially the word, the Bible is soul food for us. It's our owner's manual. It's going to help us figure things out. It's going to satisfy. So when do we feed our mind with truth? So if the word of God is truth that we need to feed our mind, when do we do it? All the time. All the time. Every single day. You need to feed your mind with truth because when you, when you think the correct thoughts, you're going to make the right decisions. In fact, David, he, would, he wrote about, um, the, the Bible called David, King David, he wrote, he wrote a lot of the Psalms and uh, he, he, he was known as, it says that David was a man after God's own heart. That he had this desire to please God and to be like God and want him. And even in his, the, the times where he was running away from people trying to kill him, he would say things like, um, I focus my mind on your word. I'm going to be focused. So in a time of crisis, he's even saying, "Help me to have the right thoughts here, because I don't want to miss what you're doing." He says, in the, "I rise," this is Psalm 19. And I rise early to cry out for help. I put my hope in your word. Hope in your word. Like I said, there's 7,000 promises. He was holding on to those promises. He's saying, "I think about it all the day, all day long. Your teachings it fills my mind." So even in crisis, he's saying, "Keep my mind on your decrees. Help me to manage my mind." So we must, if we're going to be healthy mentally, we have to feed our mind with truth. Feed our mind with truth. Sunday mornings, we try to present something that's, that's true, that you can take with you for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. That you can think about it. Praying and reading your Bible is going to also help feed that. So feed it. Feed your mind with truth. The second thing you must choose to do every day is you must free your mind from destructive thoughts. This is really important. You have to learn truth and know truth. In fact, our world, a lot of people will say, well, there's no such thing as absolute truth. There's no such thing as that. Well, is that statement included in that? Because if that statement is included, then that statement is wrong also. But God's word is truth. It stands it's, it's stood for years and years. And people, you could, you could bank on what he's saying you can do. All right. The first thing is, so feed your mind. second thing is, free your mind from destructive thoughts. It must liberate, deliver, release, set free from things that hold us back and keep us back. What are those things that you've been told for years? You've been believing. Maybe you should reevaluate that and think: Is that really true? Am I really like this? Am I really never going to be able to overcome these things? Because we have these, like I said, we have these these three forces that fight against us: our old nature. You know, if, if you're if you're a Christian, you're following Christ. Uh, what what that means is we kind of we invite God to begin to lead our lives, and it says that when we in, When we confess our sins, that we become this new creation, the Bible calls it. We have this new start in life, this grace and this mercy that we find. It helps us become this new person. Well, we still have the old nature. It still fights against us. It's still our desires. That's one of the forces that fights against us is our our nature. The other thing we have is we have the enemy. Jesus says that we have an enemy, Satan, who, who, who is here to steal. He's here to kill. He's here to destroy. And then we also have the world value systems. All the the world, the values around us all the time, they're constantly promoted by advertisers, by, by movies, by TVs, by music, by celebrities. They're saying, do this, do this, do this. This is what you need to do. This is what's popular. This is what's cool. And we have these value systems that sometimes are very dangerous. If we believe them, we follow them. In fact, John, one of the closest disciples of Jesus, he said that, um, in First John 2.16, that all, is in the, all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not the Father, but it's of the world. So he's saying, essentially, everything around you is not encouraging you to have a, a, a healthy mind, thought, a thought process and thought patterns. It's, it's trying, to, trying to take you to think um, in, in ways that God doesn't want us to. In fact, he says, the, the lust of the flesh... Man, we can we can call this a we can say this is all about sex, about success and about status and, and power. Those things are all about. And man, am I going to be successful? Am I going to have all the pleasure? Am I going to be the most important person? He's saying that that's what it's about. These lusts of the flesh are trying to promote these things. I want to be like that. So we have this, this mental battle, and he gives us the answer. The, God gives us the answer through Paul in Second Corinthians. This is what he says. All right, it's in your notes you can follow along. Second Corinthians ten three through five. He says, though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. But our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish any argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. So it's a metal battle. So here's the idea. He says there's these strongholds that get in our mind. What's a stronghold? It's a lie that we believe and that we've held on to See, it doesn't matter if, if what you're believing is true or I mean, it does matter, but you're, if, it's been, if it's a lie that's been told to you and you believe it, you're going to act upon that. So whether it's true or not, if you believe it, it's going to impact your, your decisions you make every day. It's a stronghold is a lie that you've hold on to, that you've held on to and that you believe. It can be a false value, a false worldview, a personal attitude of worry or envy or resentment. And so he's saying, the first thing is you have to be aware that we have, we have this ability to take these strongholds and, and, and cast them down and break those in our lives. And this is how he says we do it. He says, first we take captive. We have to capture that thought. We have to conquer. We have to bring under control. So these thoughts that are going through our mind all the time. Some are healthy. Some are unhealthy. And Paul is saying, all right, you want to have a healthy mind? You have to learn how to conquer and take captive that thought. Like you have to catch it and say, wait, is this thought really true? Am I really a failure because um, I have, I'm struggling financially? Is that a really a true thought, that my life is, is considered a failure because I can't afford to buy something? No, that's not a, that's not a, a true thought. But if you grab it and you let it hold on to, you, won't, you have to capture it and say, all right, let's think about this. And then the next step, he says, then you have to um, be able to make it obedient to God. You have to bring it under submission. Essentially, you take that thought and you say, God, is this true about me? Because I've been told for so long, is this true? Man, this stronghold in my life, man, is this really true? You take captive, and then you say, man, I I invite you into this. Help me. In the middle of our uh, struggle, when we were going through all that four four or five years ago, in the middle of that, I said, God, I want to follow you wherever you're doing. So whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And, And a few months later, he began to say, I want you to go to Santa Fe. That's really what I want you to do. All of this is about helping you figure out the next step. And he began to provide. He began to help us take care. We didn't, we didn't lose our house. We still have it. We have good renters that are taking care of it and renting it from us. Rancho. We rancho. be able to get all that, that stuff taken care of. And so in the middle of this, God took care of us and he helped us out. And we worked through it. But, but what, part of that was we said, God, we want to be, able, be faithful to follow your lead in this. And we took those thoughts captive. And I began to say, you know what, I'm not a failure because I can't buy this for my wife this week. Or I can't buy this for my kids this week. It's just a season. One day, we'll be able to get through that. We'll be able to move through that. And I invited God and say, God, help me to see and have the right thought process in the middle of this. Have the right thought process in the middle of this. So a lot of times, one of the reasons um, people are ineffective and defeated in life is because they don't know how to fight the battle of the mind. People are ineffective a lot of times in life because they don't know how to defeat the battle that's going in the mind. They just take those thoughts, they just let them go. So, let me kind of explain how how temptation works. We said temptation, sin, it starts in the mind first. This is the process for temptation. James in through 50 he says, Temptation comes from the lure of our own evil desires. Then these evil desires lead to evil actions, and evil actions lead to death. So what he's saying is it's a process. It's not just an isolated event. It just all of a sudden pops up. It's a process that takes place. First, he says it's like this. It's a desire. It begins inside you. He says your own desires. Often, um, it begins with a natural desire. We have natural desires that, we, that are they're, they're not bad. They're actually God, God gave, up, gave them to us. Eating, to drink, to sleep, a sexual drive. These are natural desires that God has given us. And usually a temptation starts, in, a lot of times, in one of those desires. And what happens is temptation will turn a routine desire, it'll turn it into a, legit, or a legitimate desire, it'll turn it into a desire that runs away, that we can't control, that we begin to lose. And so it's a desire. It becomes more, than, more important than anything else in the world. It's all that we can think about. And any desire that's out of control is destructive. Any desire that's out of control is destructive. See, if, you're not, if you don't have a desire for something... You're not going to be tempted in that area. If you don't have a desire to do something, it's not going to be a big deal to say no to that. Temptation always starts with something that we desire. All right? And a lot of times it's a legitimate desire. Step two is that we, the next part of, the, of temptation is doubt. Men doubt for God's word and God's love. In fact, we see this in two stories in the, in the beginning of the Bible. Uh, the enemy comes when the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, and he says, and this is what God tells Adam and Eve, you can eat of all of these trees in the garden, just don't eat this one. All right, so if we can think of this huge area, you know, the city of Santa Fe, we have all these trees everywhere. And he says, all right, this one tree, don't eat. You can have all the other trees, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy creation, enjoy everything, just don't eat that one. It's kind of like the, the minimal, um, to, to have a choice, that God still wants to have a choice. It was the, the smallest thing he could do to say, all right, here's one little option. But, but don't eat it, eat everything else. And what does saying comes is in temptation, he comes and says, Eve, did God really say? And he begins to get Eve to question God's goodness and God's word and his truth. He still does this to us today. He tried to do it to Jesus when he was walking. He came, he tempted Jesus and said, if you do these things, you know, who are you? He's trying to, he's trying to get to create doubt inside of our mind of seeing that um, maybe God's love is, is not good and God's good. he's not a good God. The, step, the third step is Deception. It says that we're lured, we're enticed. This is a fishing term. You know, you use, you use lures to, 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 to track fish to get in, your bait. This is the idea. It's, it's, it's baited. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's hidden. There's this um, deception that comes with it. We're lured, we're enticed. It's this fishing term. So um, how do you catch fish? You use the right bait. How does the enemy catch people? He uses the right bait for us. It's a desire and it turns into deception. It's hidden. So what kind of bait does, does the enemy use in your life? What are those weaknesses that he's trying to get you to give in? It's called deception. Because a lot of times we even know that, man, it's not right. It's not healthy. But I'm still going to nibble at this. I'm going to try it. And then we get hooked. We get caught. And then it's too late. We're, 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 we're hooked. You hear things like, well, I'm an adult. I won't get hurt. I'll be careful. I can make my own choices. No, it's still, it's still there to, to hook us. The first thing... Um, and here's the truth: temptation. It always looks better than it really is. Temptation's always going to tell you it can deliver something more than it really can. Whatever. And this what the enemy did told Eve, if you do, if you eat this fruit, man, it's going to be good. And it was a bigger promise than it was really going to be. It always promises more than it can deliver. It always looks better than it really is. All right. And the fourth step is finally disobedience and defeat. Now we 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 go against it. Now it's sin. And so what begins in the mind translates into action. It starts with a desire, a thought, we begin to think this thing and then eventually it translates into action and we lose it. So the best time to win a battle before it happens is before it happens. If you win the battle of the mind, you have to win it before it even happens when that first thought comes up. You win it right in the, in the, in the, in the inception, right when it begins. So this is what David said in Psalms 119, I have made up my mind to obey your laws forever. And I made up my mind. He made a choice before everything ever stopped. It started. He said, I'm going to do it this way. The third choice that we have to make, so first we, we feed our mind with truth, we free our mind from destructive thoughts, and the third thing is we begin to focus our minds on the right things. Alright? I focus my mind on the right things. When it comes to, to, to what we believe a healthy person is going to be, is man, first he focuses on Jesus. So we believe that God gave us this picture and His Son of what we're supposed to, how we can live. We're called Christians for a reason. We follow His teachings. We're followers of Christ. So we first think about Jesus. We focus there. Keep your mind on Jesus, Timothy says. Paul says to Timothy, in Timothy, in Hebrews, he says, think about Jesus' as an example. He held on while wicked people were doing evil things to him. So do not get tired tired of and stop trying. Think about Jesus. You think about others. This is one I think the defining things that marks Christianity different than a lot of other belief systems, is he's always saying, "Hey, you're not the only person in this world. Think about other people. It's not just about what you can accomplish. It's not just about you having a good life. How can you help others? Think about others. Don't just think about your own affairs, but the but the interest of others too, and what they're doing. Man, this would transform our lives if we begin to think about others first. Better marriages. Better parents better employees, better bosses, if we thought about others. In Hebrews it says, let us think about each other and help each other to show love and do good deeds. So think about Jesus, think about others, Your are good things to think about, um, focus on the right things, and then think about eternally. Colossians says, let heaven fill your thoughts, do not think only about down here on earth, yeah, but think about heaven also. First Corinthians says, no eye has seen or no ear has heard, the mind has not imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. There's this idea that life is not just about these 70 years here walking on the earth. But there's something greater that's coming. There's something out there that's beyond. It's eternity. How are we going to impact it? How are we going to do this? How are you going to have a healthy mind? See, when, when we, um, as we talk to, through healthy people, we say healthy people do healthy things. Well, if you want to be healthy this week, you have to learn how to be able to manage your, your thoughts and your mind. What are the things that you've been believing for so long that aren't true and it's become a stronghold in your life? You can't quit. You'll never overcome that. You'll never be a good husband. You'll never be a good father. You'll never be a good student. What are those things that you've heard that you've been believing for so long and that you've held on to and let hold that have take your mind captive and held it and, and, and stopped you from doing good? Well, we have to begin to capture those thoughts and think about those thoughts. This week, I guarantee you, if you are aware all right, of your thoughts, Man, you will begin to realize how many things that, you, that you've been told that really aren't true but you've just kind of heard well everybody else is doing it I must be okay but it's not true. That doesn't mean it's, it's right because everybody else is doing it but we go through life just thinking everybody else is, it's the same thought process everybody else has we have to stop. Remember Romans whole, the whole verse around this whole series is Man, don't conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by renewing your mind. He's saying you have to have a new thought. Think new thoughts. Whatever those thoughts you've been thinking, so let's go back to the video in the beginning of the, of, the, of, this, of the message. It's people on this escalator, right? It stops. They're stuck. And they wait for somebody else to get them unstuck. Whatever thought process got you stuck is not going to get you unstuck. What is the answer? Have a new thought. Begin to think something new. Are you, are, you, are you strapped financially and you have a lot of debt? Well, the thoughts that got you into that place, they're not going to get you out of that place. Are you struggling with your marriage? And the thoughts that have got you to that place of thinking, I'm the most important person in this relationship, they're not going to get you out of that, that that tension. Are you a student? Maybe in school, you're struggling how to fit everything in, your schedule, Well, managing your time the way you are. If it's not working, you have to begin to think, how can I manage my time better? How can I be a better student. Maybe I don't ask any questions of the teacher while I'm struggling. Maybe the answer is to have a new thought and say, I need help and ask a question. Wherever you are in life, you have to begin to say, what is keeping me where I'm at? And each, each week we talk about this. This is really important because of thoughts. You know, as I talk through these, some of these things might be really hard for you to hear make you a little maybe sad or angry or mad or whatever. Well, next week we're going to talk about emotional health. And Robert's going to do a good job with that. He'll talk about feelings. All right. But today we're just saying, hey, it starts in the mind, our thoughts. What, what are you even thinking that are keeping you there, that are keeping you stuck? And then we need to learn to take captive. So this is, this is my challenge for you guys today, all right? Um, if you have the next one for me, the challenge one. So healthy people do healthy things. They manage their thoughts. So this week what I want to challenge you to do, man, think about these three choices that you have to make every day. of Feeding your mind with truth. Um, of freeing your mind of destructive thoughts and of uh, focusing on the right things. Think about doing that as part of maybe a new habit you can begin to do. But in this, this week, every time you have a negative thought, all right, or you have a destructive thought, would you stop right there and say, hey, God, um, can you help me with this? Help me to work through this. Help me to figure this out. If you did this every time that that you begin to capture these thoughts and and figure out what's, what's happening, Man, I promise God will answer and he'll begin to help you to say that is not a healthy thought. Let's turn that around and figure out really what's going to happen. Because we have an enemy who's very crafty and he's very uh, deceptive and he he, he comes in hidden and he tricks us into doing things sometimes. We have to begin to realize, say, is this really true? What would happen if Eve would have said, wait, let me think about this. What you're saying is not truth because God said I can eat all this fruit and you're trying to focus on something that he didn't say. And it tricked her. If she would have caught that thought and took it captive and said, God, I need help here, she would have never taken the fruit. We have to invite God into, our into, this, into this place, into our, into our thoughts, into our lives. All right? So today, healthy people do healthy things. They think good thoughts. This week, man, would you just pay attention? And I guarantee if you're paying attention, you'll capture those thoughts. You'll begin to say, wow, that's not a healthy thought. I've been thinking that for a long time, but it's not healthy. All right? We're going to close in prayer today. Um, if you would close your eyes and bow your head, I'm going to ask God just to help us to um, just have these thoughts that He wants us to have. Let's pray, God. Thank you that you um, that you sent your Son to die on that cross for us. That you are a good God who has good plans for us. And um, I ask that each person here today that you would just help them, Lord God, to see that um, that in, in in their life there's a battle that's going on for their life, and it goes through our mind. I pray that even today as we uh, leave this place, as we go home, as we go through the things that we do today and tomorrow and this week, uh, that in the middle of what we do, that we would pay attention to those thoughts um, that, that always flood our minds and help us to be aware of what really is being said. And when it's not true, God, would you help us to see it for the lie that it is? And God, when it's destructive or it's keeping us back from being the people you want us to be, would you, would you reveal that to us and help us to see, God, what you're doing? God, help us to have a new thought. God, this week that we would begin to think differently. God, that we would, we would uh, turn our lives over to you to, to, to uh, allow you to work in our lives. God, we thank you for that, Lord. Do something great in this place. If you're here today, you've come, maybe you're new to church, maybe you're, you haven't been in church for a long time. But I'm talking through some of these things, and it might have been one thing that I said that maybe it just kind of maybe hit you a little bit. And, and in the middle of that, you say, you know what, I need, I need help. Um, see, as, as a Christian church, we believe that all the answers, man, Jesus has every single answer for life for us. I believe it. And when we follow his way, we have life, the life he wants us to have. If you're here today and you need to make a decision, a life change, man, can I lead you in a prayer? A simple prayer, of just saying, God, I need your help. God, I invite you in my life. Would you lead me? And in this process, as we're talking about thought processes, would you reveal these things to me and help me to be that new creation, that new person? See, God, He sent His Son that He loves so much to die in our place so that we can have a right relationship with God again. And He says that those who believe and those that confess and those that begin to put their trust in Him, they have life. And if you're here today and you need life, man, would you let me lead you in a prayer? It's just the first step. It's just an acknowledgement of saying, I need help. I need a relationship with God. I'm far from God. Maybe I'm unhealthy. If you can admit that, it's a place we all have to start. If you're here today and you would like to pray that prayer, would you lift your hand? Everybody has their eyes closed. There's not a time. I mean, looking around. Lift your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I just want to lead you in a prayer. I believe every week we have we give an opportunity just to say, Man, I turn my life to you, dear God. I invite you into this week. Awesome. Anybody else? Great. For you that raised your, your hand, would you just repeat this prayer with me? Everybody, would you just, would you, everybody else, would you uh, pray with me to encourage them as, as they pray also? Say, Father, today, I declare that I need your help. Would you come and help me? I've given in to my own desires. Would you forgive me from those? Would you help me to be the person that you've created me to be? Help me to think thoughts that you want me to think. I invite you to lead me and to help me in this life. I commit my life to you. I ask you to be my, to be the Lord over my life. I trust you and I put my hope in you today. Would you come and help me?